Welcome back to the Ride Boundless Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Ride Clean. Ride Clean is an ultra premium polish, wash, and sealer. It's just one product that does it all. You just simply shake, spray, and wipe, and you have a mirror-like shine on your paint. Your leather will be clean. It offers UV protection so your stuff doesn't fade. Uh, you can use it on your personal items like your glasses, helmet, and, I mean, just so much more. Check them out at uh, www.rideclean.co. Use promo code RBPODCAST. Now they're offering 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, you'll love this product for your vehicles. Um, no regret. Uh, check them out. Rideclean.co. Very exciting episode. My guest, I met him at Roland Sands. Actually, I didn't get to meet him there. I saw him there, and he had an arch motor. Actually, let me just start all over real quick. So BMW Burbank had an event because BMW had an event. They were launching a new motorcycle, and this new motorcycle was at the Roland Sands facility. So BMW uh, Burbank invited me and others to come meet up at the dealer and ride together to Roland Sands. When we got there, there was a motorcycle event. They had some promo equipment, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my guest, he came on his bike and he has one of those, those fancy, beautiful, badass, uh, arch motors that Keanu Reeves is involved with or makes. And I took amazing shots without his permission. And I was trying to talk to him, but you know, people were between the looking at the bike and starting a conversation with him. It was almost impossible to get to him. Long story short, I left, never talked to him the end until I posted a picture maybe three, four days later, of his motorcycle. And I put, you know, hashtag blah, blah, blah. This random person comes and uh, comments and says, nice bike, wink. And I was like, oh, I think this is the guy. Anyways, reached out to him, told him what's happening, went on his uh, Instagram, found out uh, he did a TED Talk, and he's traveled a lot. And, you know, the guy's, the guy's very awesome. And we met up, we did a couple rides and we finally got to do this podcast and I'm very excited. And there's, there's a lot of good information, business information, personal information, a lot of, you know, secrets of, you know, the arch motor motorcycle, you know, about how they do it and what's the process. So it's a very exciting podcast. So I will not delay this anymore. We'll get this podcast started right about Hi, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for being part of this. this yeah, is pull the mic closer. Ah, there we go. Yes, it was a tremendous fun and pleasure writing originally, and uh, I guess now I am in this amazing man cave studio that uh, obviously has been put together with a lot of effort. Thank you. Yeah, a lot and a lot of TLC, and and it was kind of just put together randomly. It just it was really one day to the other. I just knocked it all out. Yeah. But you were telling me uh, you, you were you're going to launch a podcast or you had well, a podcast. Well, I've got the first episode. the The uh, short version is that it's a series of interviews with a mysterious online handle that just burst in the scene and amassed about ten thousand followers on Twitter just in the last month. A guy who goes by the the handle Corporate Machiavelli and gives sort of very aggressively Machiavellian advice. And the the hook is that. He's self-described as someone who is terminally ill, and so this is sort of a brain dump of everything he's learned in his 
however many years of working in a uh, major in banking firm. And so he's, he's being interviewed, but he doesn't I want to has, have his name revealed. And so it's a sort of a brain dump of everything he's it's kind of, yeah, accumulated it's, until he expires. And it's like, wow, that's a... Uh, it's interesting that these these mad scientists or these these amazing minds, you know, get get sick. They get, you know, they, or they we lose them too soon. You know, that is something that I, I, was it. It was either a conversation with you or someone else. It actually this notion that like brilliant people can sometimes have an above average rate of of brain tumors because it's it's a over it's it's like people who are exceptionally tall. Right. If your bones grow so much that you ha- you're like seven foot five or something, a lot of them they drop dead at like fifty. Yeah. Right. And well, their body's just getting fucking tore exactly. up. Exactly. So likewise, a brain that is to have the processing power to have like a one fifty, one seventy, like game changing kind of IQ, that kind of person has to have. I mean, the brain consumes about twenty percent of your total blood flow. The brain's about five percent of your body weight. And it consumes, you know, this is all the stuff we learned from EMT training is that it's a very, very hungry organ. And the moment it is deprived of oxygen, you can have your arm, you know, you lose circulation, you feel a little bit weird and numb, you get it back. The brain, if it's cut off from circulation, if the blood isn't constantly feeding it, you see people with strokes, that's exactly what happens. You get back like, yeah, your grandma, but you get back 60% of your grandma you know, 40% of your spouse or something. And that's for the rest of their life. That's all they have left to work with that's they can't remember anything for 1997 they're they can't use left half their body anymore like these are just that's how much of our our self our being is tied to the physicality of our brain so it's very interesting did you see the um the the whole thing with um elon musk Neuralink? Neural, and I, I saw the article, but I didn't dive in for any further. Man, so. that shit is deep. He's basically <laughs> going to cut out like two inches of your skull. Oh, my God. Put this Bluetooth uh, fucking Wi-Fi oh wireless charger no. <laughs> with eight wires. He, he's doing it now. He got approved. And Wait, he's, he's doing it for himself, or he's got like a test dummy guy that's no, volunteering? So it's it's already approved. They're working on, on brain-damaged people right now. And then uh, people, he's going to go and he says, right now it's brain damage. He's right. going to correct a lot of things. He goes, yeah. basically, the, the brain loses connection. Right. And that's why you lose certain uh, functions, okay. memories, everything else. But then the next phase is correcting people that have paralyzed arms or paralyzed legs. He says he can fix Rebuild. that. And the shit that got to me that gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. is all your memories are in your brain. That's right. But the access to get to them you know, we lose or the connection fades. Right. He's talking about, you're going to be able to pull up all your memories and that's, that's fine. We've heard of that. Right. But the other thing he's saying is you're going to be able to pull up your memories so vivid Mm. that you can remember Mm. and relive your 20 year old self Mm. and converse with your 20 year old self. Mm. Could you, <laughs> so this it's interesting you mentioned this this is exactly the uh top something we touched on it's that have and, you ever and seen more than like a little closer oh just, absolutely absolutely or, yeah, the oh may as well there we go there we go there we go the the uh it re- deeply reminds me of one of my favorite novels that i've actually purchased probably about a dozen copies of in the course of my life uh, dune frank by frank herbert Okay, and in the so the Dune series, it's basically the um, it's set like ten thousand years in the future. Um, I'm not really a big sci-fi person, but this what, what, one, what year was it taken? It was the or, what or was written is 1965. 65, and it's ten thousand, and it's set like ten thousand years in the future. And so it's and think about it: if you're an author in 1965, there's no internet, 
if you want to research a topic that isn't in your library, you have to, there's no Amazon, you have to research a book. If it's foreign, you've got to send money there. There was no PayPal and in their foreign currency. And maybe they'll mail it to you. Maybe just say, thanks, money, asshole. We're not sending anything. Right. And after all that, he researched, um, and the book itself is a, it's a treatise on, at that point, like royal houses control entire planets. We have the protagonist's family, House Atreides, that controls several planets, and they have rival they have rival dynasties that control other planets that seek to either crush them through through sabotage or overt warfare. There's there's sort of casual alliances. The way that castles in Europe used to have alliances with each other now right. it's entire planets. Yeah, and so that the the protagonist's family, his father was. Spoiler for the first 10 chapters, his father's assassinated. He's 15 years old, and so he's thrust into a position of authority very quickly. He's forced to inherit and take command of entire armies, entire planet worth of resources, and the expectation was that he would fail. This was a setup by a rival family that said once he fails, they would kind of go in and pick apart all the empire, their empire. Right. And the protagonist It was rises, a strategy from the enemy. Right. And the protagonist rises to the occasion. He surprises everyone. Is, everyone's assuming you're a 15-year-old Duke heir. We have, you have no respect from the troops. You're going to fuck up, and then we're just going to sweep in and take all your shit. That's, that was the yeah. plan, except that he was surprisingly, because he was able to access, and part of the storyline was him being able to, with a combination of drugs, this is why I mentioned this, was that you could, with a ingestion of certain powerful hallucinogenics and uh, meditation access ancestral memory that was a topic explored that's in right Dune, we had that conversation where, where you can yeah imagine being able to summon a particularly willful great 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 grandfather and be able to ask and questions. watch this tapping on the table because oh. on the, the on the, the hearer the listeners oh will, it's oh, going to be like, 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 i got to edit it out got it yeah being very expressive it's always a challenge but Absolutely. yes have to use use the uh control yourself tools. Kai, control. <laughs> pull, pull your ancestors knowledge and <laughs> indeed so, so that's the idea is being able to converse and interact with a particularly powerful not just living advisors in your life but every single person that preceded you that had something useful to say imagine you are a commander of an army and you have a great great grand grand ancestor who is a great general himself and it's like look I'm facing all my all my generals have failed me. Talk me through this. What can I do? What, what can, can I, I do, do different? Exactly. How, how can I succeed? You know, accessing a genius ancestor for a for questions about governance because it's motivation. all there. It's, it's all in our DNA. It's all tied up, right? And so the, it, the explore and think about. To me, I think one of the most imp- impressive things about Dune as a novel was just he actually in that world he predicted the danger of artificial intelligence. Again, 1965 guy. Talking about how thinking machines would once get would would get so advanced that it would become a threat to humanity, and in fact, it attempts to wipe out humanity, and then humanity rebuilt itself and invented a synthetic religion. Again, this is all ten thousand years in the future. Invented a synthetic religion to make sure that the masses, who are at around hundred IQ, would obediently say, "Oh, you you should never make a another machine that would think like a human." Right, and that was encoded into a religion that was passed along to all of these different imperiums. So that's that's the world that's built in Dune. That, and so that, that, that's crazy, yeah. and, and it makes sense because if you teach a machine how to think like a human, by the time it gets to that point, it, it only takes days, if not hours, for it to go ten above, times exactly. above it. You right, know? like I we think there's a stop. I think there's coding now, there's software now that developers make, and, and they don't know how it functions, but it processes and calculates number at right. a speed that they don't, it, it's already... Incomprehensible it, in some ways. Yeah. We it, just don't know, we don't know why it works, it just does, so let's it, go it with it. It just does, yeah, but, but it, and it's growing constantly, right. and this is stuff, It's getting you know, better, and... 
Like did, you watch, some, hmm? did you watch The Social Dilemma? Not yet. I know it was recommended. I have not yeah. yet. I need to. That's one of the things. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. That, that, that one shows how, how social media gathers so much information from us that they actually create an avatar that looks like you, right. acts like you. And then they put ads in front of your avatar. And right. based off your characteristics, that avatar will be like, I don't like this. Right. I like this. And then that's the ad they push at you. That's the ad they throw at you. And it's just <sighs> so fucking sickening. <laughs> um, and then the other part is it, it's going into um, uh, kids, you know, oh, kids. Yeah. yeah like they, they don't know. This, kids right now, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, are the first generation going through all this technology and dealing with it and how it affects them emotionally, how the bullying works, how they're being you know pushed in front of 5,000 people and right. being judged in front of 5,000 people. And now you want Unprecedented, right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. The average human history, our brains are evolved to deal with a handful of other five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. Right. I mean, you have a cohort. You grew up in a cave. Like, this is how humans have lived for tens of thousands of years. And now, all of a sudden, all these new ways of interaction are being jammed and, and clearly like right a lot of people are getting damaged they're damaged and, and people don't understand we weren't made to be judged by a thousand people by We're, five thousand people 13 year old boys are not supposed to have infinite access to every single naked form on the planet and yet now they insane. do yeah and you think that's not going to affect the way they grow up think about mature into well an adult social. sense of healthy it's it's so poisonous i mean i'm I would, grateful i'm old yeah <laughs> no and in, in many ways absolutely i agree yeah. with that i was watching an episode of family guy and nah. <laughs> oh Peter. Oh God. Oh God. Uh and uh Chris, Brian and Chris were out, and these girls were just throwing themselves at Chris. Mm. And Chris is like, nah, you know, I don't care. And Brian's like, hey Chris, uh, you know, these girls, what's wrong with you? You know? And he's like, I don't care. Anyway, so he can't figure it out. He's like, Are you gay? Right. Or like, what's happening? Right. Anyways, he opens up his computer screen. He's got like 40 windows playing porn at the same time. Oh. <laughs> he's like, You can't do this. This is right. fucking insane. Right. Yeah, the amount of information and access is, is absurd. And I think it yeah damages us in ways that prevent it us from having healthy, healthy relationships. And that's one of those things that I think we we were spared the worst of it, I think, at my generation. But I, I look at, like, imagine growing up and you're 25 years old now. Like, that, would, that meant that you already had broadband when you were 10. The right. kind of stuff that you were looking for that you could find at 10, 11, 13, all of that added up together and how it affects your brain versus I know my sequence of being exposed to the female form. And it was like, you had to work for it. Right. You had to be funny right. and you, charming and you had and to not rapey, but also to not too timid yeah. and all that shit. Right. Deal and with rejection, embarrassment. Yeah. And Save up money, take them yeah. out. It, it was a process. Now it's left, right, left, right, left, right. Or not that that's to even interact with a person. You can just simply scroll on over to a, preloaded site of just exactly whatever fetish whatever you, you have, want. right? That's the that's the thing that is really damaging, I think, is that there's no there the the that distance between reward and um and effort has been severed. I mean it's I never read those it was a first year psychology book about a study in the sixties where they directly wired um a rat uh pleasure center in their brain with a lever. And this, the idea was with oh, the cocaine. No, nothing. That was just that you had the pellets, and you can just simply anytime you feel like it, push this lever, and it will stimulate the whatever the pleasure center is in the rat's brain. It was with cocaine. It was with oh, okay. Oh, it was. Oh, it was okay. with cocaine. Oh, they would hit the lever, oh, and then they, cocaine would come out. And, and they would rather get that. They push. They kept pushing the lever. They didn't even eat. That right. was. If you yeah. only had that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was the same study. Okay, sorry. All right, all right, all right. 
And that was it. It's like, it's, you're, you're sitting here completely a slave to, and so now we, it's short circuit. Instead of like pleasure being something you get from an accomplishment, you've tilled an entire field. You've done something that advances your caveman self's existence, right? Right. You've, slaughtered a, a a mammoth and now you have meat for for a whole month or you know well, a few couple weeks max you had no right. way well, to yeah store no it. storage right, right, right but you get what i'm saying right i get right. that that kind of thing now we get that same sense of satisfaction from completing a level in a video game from pleasuring yourself to a porn clip or something it's it's the level of effort required to achieve even a sliver of those kinds of rewards are just completely cut off and so we have why bother going out in the real world Right. Why take the effort well, of rejection to talk to an actual living, breathing female or attempt anything? Everything is just delivered up to your screen at, at high speed and in 4K. Yeah, we, we get used to it. And then yeah. it becomes a pattern that we don't even know where it came from. Did you see the study on them? I think it was it was chimps or monkeys or apes. I don't remember which ones. But they put like four chimps or monkeys, rapes, mm -hmm. whatever, in a room, mm -hmm. and there's bananas on top of the ladder. I heard this. Yeah, I you know that one? And I know that one. Go ahead, for the, yeah. for the listeners. Yeah, for the listeners. And, and basically, you know, any monkey that tried to go up the stairs, they would just spray the room with water, and yes. they would all get wet. Yes. And then they would try second, third time, right. and they would spray it with water. And then after this, any, any, any of the monkey or apes that try to climb up there, the other monkeys would kick its ass. Right. Then they take one out, bring in a new one, yep. the new one, curiosity. Anyways, they continue doing this until it's three new ones that right. have never even tried to climb the stairs. Right. And, and the, you know. Social pressure would keep them all from like, no, 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 no. it's forbidden. It's, I don't know why. It just is. Just shut up. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of religions and, you know, cultures. Very similar. It's like, well, what is the reason for this exactly? No, yeah. don't, don't ask questions. Don't How ask. dare you? Yeah. What's your, your, you? your, 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 your grandfather would be so yes. mad at you. Yes. Yeah. Something, right? So. What, what do you think about. You know, in, in Cuba, they just brought in Wi-Fi two mm. years ago. There was no smartphones. There was no oh, Wi-Fi. Adios, Cuba. Exactly. I would go to Cuba in 2016, 2017, mm. and the nicest people in the world, everybody's educated, everybody has information, everybody's social, everybody's good. And I'm like, right. fuck, this is because, you know, social they don't media. Have, they don't yeah. social media. <sighs> now, I showed them, I even tried to show them, you know, Snapchat. Right. I was like, look at this. And they're like, what's this? And I go, it's an it, it's a app that you can put a filter and it filters your face. And they're like... Mentira, that's mentira, which means lie. Yes. That's a lie. Why would yeah. you want an app that you, you know, right. disguise your face? Right. Anyways, I was also in China, and China has a lot of, uh, in the hotel, we had access to Facebook, and mm. we had access to some social media, but right. outside of the hotel, oh, yeah. they, they have everything blocked. Like, On lockdown, Do yes. you see a difference of how that works in, in China and the U.S. and other things, or... It's, I haven't been to China in a very long time. I came to the U.S. as a young child. But the what's interesting is that that sort of very... And I was joking about the tequila. You could pour whatever Oh, absolutely. You want. No, 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 no. It's good to tequila, home. right? It is quite good. Yeah. It is very tempting. No, what's interesting is the... <clears throat> this could be another long, long meandering uh, afterthought. But the short version is that... Uh, from my observation, about maybe 15, 16 powerful families control China. It's not China, as you know, as a country isn't China. It's basically a, a sort of a loose confederation of multiple billionaire families. and Well, trillionaire, no? Or billionaire? It's multi-billion, like-ish. Who knows the exact amount? But very powerful families that have owned particular mm -hmm. tracts of land for, like, generations. And right. so about 15 of these factions exist, and there's sort of a medium-tier war amongst them right now. This is one of those things. This is that whole thing, Hong Kong. No, you know, not even that internally. Oh. So if you so the 
Because Hong a, Kong was in some Hong Kong shit. is a separate. And separate I heard issue. there was a lot of billionaires paying people to like start riots and fights. There's and a lot of kind th- of like here. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Similar forces. Now in in China, there is there. Yeah, depending on how you slice it, my 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 completely unverifiable theory, but one that I believe very strongly is yeah, about 15, 16 families that control basically everything in China worth controlling, and they're in sort of a medium tier war with each other. Um, different mm. factions coalesce. Like the current president of uh, China, Xi Jinping, he has the support of four of these 16, 15 families. The other fam- the other families don't like him, but there isn't enough of them to form a plurality to coalesce against anyone else. So they're kind of grudgingly forced to accept him because everyone else couldn't get their act together and say, no, 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 we all want him out and this, we six can agree upon this guy instead. And they can't. Everyone else has their own favor they're pushing. So even though he has a minority, he would, he's able to form the best plurality, and that's why he's in charge. Um, now, 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 these families, because, you know, they talk about these families in America as well, yes. and they talk about the families that run the whole world, yes. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How much pull do they have? Like, like A lot inside like China. military-wise, and, yes. and, and that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, well, how much pull? Can they tell the military what to do? Can they tell what the police do? What to do? Well, can can they, they get any girl they if want? You, if you control the intelligence apparatus, you, by functioning, control the military. You say, hey, that's a terrorist camp right there. Go blow it up. Right. If you can control what gets flagged as, hey, there's a terrorist camp, you don't need to actually control the military top down. You just simply have the ability to feed misinformation at correct times to eliminate anyone you feel like around the world using the mind of a developed nation. And so these are the kinds of things that are being fought behind the scenes in China. And and the funny thing for me was that, and this much I can gather just for that by the fact that ChinaDaily.com, that's their official like Chinese government certified, like this is what we want the English speaking world to know about China because they censor a lot of shit. So this is right. like the, this is stuff we're okay with like white English speakers know about us. In China Daily, there are articles that have acknowledged that there have been something like in the last 10 years, multiple billionaires that have died in various very Randomly. weird circumstances, right? We're talking about like so-and-so's Ferrari blew up, so-and-so's like 25-year-old heir to blah, 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 empires, has a heart attack. Right. Like, what the fuck's going on? Right? So-and-so's These, airplane blew up yes. while it was on land. Yeah. While, like, while it, la- it was already yeah, on land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the, it, the multiple, like very odd. And so this is that China Daily actually had an article about this, about how, yeah, yeah, we know a lot of our billionaires have been done, but you know, what are you going to do? And th- that was the tone. It was like, wait, this doesn't make you cure. Like the whole point of being a billionaire is to have everything have like status have bodyguards if you're telling me that you can become have a billion dollars and still have an even chance of having a ferrari blow up over some beef that you're not even involved with like what's the point of even being rich and so that that would be what i'm asking but yeah this is there's been like about 150 200 the the average age of death of a billionaire was something like 44 whoa yeah like there's an i mean that's averaging in like the 18 year old heir that got blown up whatever but that's like, what's the point of having money if your statistical average like age of death is forty six? Yeah, that's terrible. And and so it's almost like that whole uh, the 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 Nixon curse, right? That whole Something. family. Yeah. So to my the other thing that for me was as a student and fan of geopolitics is that with, this is an active hot war, and so some of China is also the other thing they're doing is aggressively colonizing Africa. There is. I a, heard. Yes. I heard. I heard. I heard. Just real quick, I'm gonna jump yeah. in. I heard, for example, if you can get workers to work in China for 80 cents, yeah. they're paying workers in Africa like 
10 cents. Yes. And they're getting a lot of work right. done. Right. So you get this. It's a, it's a better multiple than that. Is from but they get to, protection, too, also right. from, like, you know, yeah. all the locals and exactly. all that other pressure. So. so they're colonizing Africa at an insane clip. And so there's two parts to that story. One is the, the lower-ranking people. It's like, okay, you can assemble iPhones for, like, a 1000 bucks a month in China, or you can make three extra salary in Africa doing the same thing. It's like a lot of people will raise their hands for that. Well, I the, heard that people making the iPhones are, like, I heard there's nets. What is it? Yeah, the yeah Fox to prevent building? themselves from killing. Foxconn is the Foxconn. Fox I heard there's fucking nets around. To prevent the suicides. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of really weird stuff. They're there. like, okay, yeah, but yeah. So you're making. I mean, you're you're assembling iPhones for like a thousand dollars a month. That's your life. You right. work six days a week. You live in shitty dorms owned by the factory, and you're you're a slave in all but name. Right. If you have if you have anything over like a eighty five IQ, this would be an absolutely horrifying existence. I would want to kill myself if I was in that situation. Yeah, of like that, that's your fate. You, every day you have your dreams, you have your, and then you're, you're, here's your reality. Your you wake light, up, it's soul sucking. You eat your porridge and you sit there and you deal with iPhones all day and you make sure that the assembly line, and the, that's the existence for literally, I don't know, like a million pers- people. A, 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 uh, anyway, mm-hmm. not, neither here nor there. The point of all right, this right. is that no, that, no, that side it. is that. But the thing that interests me is the. There's there's the rank and file in Africa, and then there's the ruling class in Africa, the Chinese that are entrusted to carry out these orders to spend billionaire so and so's investment. Because right now China has, they've got a couple of docks that they own now in Africa, Sorry, and the one that. thing that they it was I think in Somalia or one of the other East African nations, they actually own a not just a regular dock but a military dock. A China at that point they can actually rearm warships. They can it's not just refuel. It's like we can rearm. Arm. If you fired some missiles, we can reload those silos. If you've expended ammunition, we've got more for you. Come dock here. And and the my theory with that is that there is a... Uh, that, again, these, these very top-ranked families, the 13th, 14th, 15th, number 13th, those and below, it's like they don't have... They're never going to take Shanghai or Beijing or any of the major capital cities. They will rule over smaller parts of China, but they're also part of these alliances and infighting and whatnot. And so my suspicion is that these the number one, number two, number three families have went down to them and said, look, you're 13, you're 14th, you're never going to take Shanghai, you're never going to China, China, but you're also involved in this kind of shitty beef where we're blowing up each other's Ferraris, so here's what we're going to do. You take all your people, all your family, all your heirs, and you move to Africa. We will make you kings of a brand new country. Right. You take all your people and you Watch leave. this happen. Watch this oh, happen. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the deal that's offered. And so it's like the patriarchs of some of these families said, that's a good deal. Instead of being the, yeah. you know, living in a third tier city, I get to have exclusive rights to a... To, to whatever you want. Whatever you want. And, and not only that, instead of being mixed in with 1.7 billion, billion, yes. Right. You're going somewhere else where and you're, you're kind the of royalty. Like, and you're you the are royalty. the top. You yeah. are you you'll have a bunch you're of peasants of pre-populated for you. One hundred percent. And so that's that's the offer. And and so for me, like one thing I would be absolutely fascinated by would be to actually bring my bike into Africa and tour these major African cities that are colonized by the Chinese and interview. Your motorcycle. What kind of motorcycle do you got? So that's the segue, right? <laughs> the we reason were why we're talking. We were sorry, we're this is meandering. <laughs> yes. So, so no, I'm I happy have, we took it like yeah, that. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I do have the, an arch motorcycle, uh, what? KRGT1. 
What? Isn't that, that's, uh, what's his name? Batman's? No, yes. Keanu Reeves' is bike, right? <laughs> yes, it, it is the Keanu Reeves That motorcycle. thing is fucking badass. Tell it's, me about that motorcycle. So that's the, the bike itself <laughs> is a, yeah, it's a um, hand-welded piece of billet aluminum. They each bike, they take like a thousand pounds of aluminum ingots and basically shave down about 150 pounds of parts out of it, hand-welded in their factory and then deliver to the clients. That's fucking crazy. Yes. And, and rumor has it, your bike's number 44? Yes. Ever so, sold. Ever. So that's, it's a very slow process. If, yeah. Uh, that, I mean, it, the price is prohibitive and the customization is significant. And so you can you can get like 10 times the speed for, for a tenth the price. You can, there, yeah. there's so. That's not the point. You're not the, yeah. You're, you're, if you're buying performance, you're in the wrong place. If you're right. buying, for me, it was like, buying artwork it was a, it was a continuation of something that i've done a less expensive version of my entire life we'll go into it a little bit later this yeah, yeah but uh but yeah so that was that was it was in you know being able to go to the factory was important for me being able to see people shake everyone's hands the people that are assembling building so, your so bike you're, you're, you're talking about the experience once yes. you pay yes once you pay you get they invite you to the factory yes. and you get a walkthrough right and meet whoever's building your building your handlebars and cutting exactly. aluminum fuck that's, that's pretty cool right and then that's where the value is the at. benefit also of living nearby the factory was i think i'm the only client of theirs thus far that was actually able to go in and see the bike in intermediate stages before because typically most clients like okay here's my money and then here's some photos of it yeah it looks good and then finish it off and it gets sent to the client and that's that's the end of that conversation for me being local it's like hey can i swing by on a wednesday and i'll see like just one of my tank halves like that's the only part that's built you can actually look at it you know handle it and then hand it back to them you know they give me the gloves make sure i don't like mess it up before they right. deliver it like that's an experience that i think the, in, the, in, the, in the car world, uh, the analogy I would think of would be like Singer, if you're familiar with them. Singer, uh, their business is you have to go buy a 1985 to 92 Porsche 911, that particular model year, that, that was the years they manufactured them. And then you you buy it with an active VIN and then you give it to Singer and you give Singer $500,000. And then they will rebuild you like from ground up your dream Porsche, like they would keep the they keep the original VIN. That's important because technically, then it's a 1980s car held to 1980s standards in terms of like airbags, side impact, and whatever. Seat so belts, exactly. Whatever. So you can basically it's a technically a rebuilt 1980s car because what they'll do is take that car, blast down the bare metal, and then everything else is completely brand new. Right. It's just that's barely technically. So that's so, so you got to buy world, it. You got to you got to pay the five hundred thousand minimum and, and and minimum minimum and it's what at least a two year project. You got it. Right. So it's like you got to, and then other people have already paid this 500K ahead of you. So there's people ahead in line that you're like, yeah, you get to be the back of this line of other millionaires that have paid for this because uh, we've got to take care of these guys first because they were ahead of you. Right. Like, that's their business. It's that's insane. fucking insane. It's an insane. But so, we should so, start one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start one tomorrow. But, but from my perspective, it's like Arch is like the singer of motorcycles, except it's far, by that metric, it's so much more affordable. And right. that was my appeal. But even then, it was like, it was. I, so the other benefit is that one does get invited to the owner's events once uh, a year before COVID. And so, so, all, so the owner event, yeah. So what, what, what are the owner events? So the owner event, the only one I went to was in 2019. And said, okay, well, you, we have your deposit and everyone else is flying in their bikes because they have their own bikes. They're going to like ship in from wherever they're living in the world. Right. But you, you're, an, you're technically an owner, but we haven't even built your bike yet. So we still want you to come along. Here's a key to one of the shop bikes. You want to meet up at this location. I'm like, 
How, yes. cool, how cool is the king? You've seen it. I know, but you know. Yes. It's, just it's, for the sake, so I can describe it to everybody. Sorry, this light does do that. That's why I have this light. <laughs> so this is made out of aluminum. Also billet aluminum, yes. The whole thing. The It's it's two halves like glued welded together, but this is around fucking the, dope. Right? And their logo is covering the act. Yeah, it's all carved out of Bill But, but what's the logo? Is that like a motorcycle? It's like leaning? It's, they call it the Buddha. The Buddha. That's the, oh, that kind of looks like a yin yang and a yeah, Buddha. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You have sort of a leaned over Buddha. I Who think created this brand? Keanu Reeves? Uh, so it was a, it was, <laughs> so again, the, the way it was described to me was that it's a, Keanu originally had a Harley Dyna that he wanted to modify the heck out of. And Bart Hollinger had a factory down in, I think it was Long Beach, wherever, where he would mod bikes. And so he would say, I want this mod, I want that mod, I want a bunch of different mods. And, and he's like, yeah, I like, do hey, all that. bro, they didn't know who Keanu Reeves was. Well, no, like, no, no, hey, they dude, they you should make your own motorcycle, no, buddy. No, 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 no. The, no it kidding, was, it was more of like, I, again, the, the way it was described to me was that he... You know, it was like, okay, this is going to cost a lot of money. It's okay. I'll just keep funding until I get the bike I really wanted. And then finally he had what would be, what would have been the predecessor to the uh, the Arch KR GT1. It was a heavily modded Dyna that was optimized for performance, for being able to take corners at, at ridiculous angles. And so the that was the idea. And then Keanu said, oh, we would love to make, make more of these. And Gard, who is a very practical person, said this starting a motorcycle company is a terrible idea. I modify bikes, making them cost an absolute ton of money that I don't have. Right. And then he would say, Well, actually, as a matter of fact, and that I that's, got motorcycle making money. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's 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 be it's I feel like it's like being an, uh, a modern day version of being a patron of the arts. You know, these things in like the live to see finished. And they and we will make sure that our heirs commit to continue to fund this thing until it's done. And that that was extended into, and that's how you have these beautiful artworks in Europe. It, it took like 50 years. Right. Some 40-year-old patriarch of a family said, okay, yeah, this is going to take, I'm going to be dead before it's finished, but I'm going to make sure my son and my son's son know that our family is going to continue to pay for this. Right. And they honored that agreement, and it was done. I mean, that's how these things get completed. It's really remarkable. From it, it, it's it's remarkable, especially in today's world, because it just seems like, you know, people don't have kids to have kids. They have right. kids to, like, leave their legacy. They have to leave That's, their name, their print. And then, and then the same thing. They build these businesses and they right. do these things to last longer than they do. That's, I think, you know, the real motivation. That's the that real legacy. motivation. Like somebody would be like, why is this fucking billionaire, you know, spending all this money? He won't even be alive once it's finished. But right. th that's not the point. The point is it goes... Create something that will outlast you, right? I mean, like... Um, and this is the tile ties into the uh, some of the things I that... Some of the puzzles and dilemmas that uh, was were explored in Dune. Thank you. The trying to drink, uh, <laughs> he was tempting with more alcohol, but unfortunately, I will have to be on a motor vehicle, and it would be a tragedy if this was the final recording. My rule, my rule: mm. mm. two wheels, two drinks. Four wheels, ah. four drinks, and don't put me in an eighteen wheeler. I that is my that is <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That is my rule. I that swear. is really good. You know. No wheels, I, no limit. I I have a below average tolerance for alcohol. Like a lot of people of East Asian descent. Every that's drink weird. That, that, that's like me too... about as hard as five drinks for a white person. Right. Yeah. But so. Asians, Asians drink. 
Asians the, drink. I I was in China. Mm. I drank this thing. They were saying it was like three Baijiu. to four thousand. Is Ijo? Yeah, Baijo. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. It smells like feet. It's it's, it's weird. Not. It's, it's kind of nasty smell. It's yeah, kind of very nasty. concentrated. Yeah. But man, that that stuff gets it's you very strong. I very, had it very served strong. at a Chinese wedding, and oh yeah. That oh stuff yeah. That very 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 potent. Anyway, but yeah, they the Chinese smoke and drink yes. a whole lot. But they also it's a very weird. Yeah, it's and, and and you're not. I, I apologize. I have, no. to, I have to say this, but yeah. you're you're a, you're a giant for Chinese. People. <laughs> and by giant, he means six. The, the annoying thing is six zero on the dot, which actually is annoying because back when I was single, it is the most lied about height on dating apps. Oh. Nobody is five ten, and nobody's five eleven. Everyone who's actually five eleven or five ten will say six zero. Right. So they actually had a whole because. OkCupid was run by a bunch of data science nerds out of Harvard, apparently. And so they had a huge data set and they work with it. They had these graphs. It's like, oh, right. here's this map of guys. And it's like, you know, there's a whole bell curve of guys' heights, except that it skipped five, basically 10 to 11, everyone's 6-0. Right. Like in a, in a normal population, you'll have this curve and it's like going to be whatever. But if you are using self-reported numbers, which is what it's resorting to, Correct. everyone removes themselves from 510 and 511 and That's dumps themselves to 60. So if you're actually yeah, 60 on the dot. put some shoes on. Exactly. So if you're literally actually 60 on the dot, it's actually the most annoying height to have because... And that's, I end up making sort of a meta joke again back when I was single on my dating apps was like, you know, I, I'll, I'll actually link an article about this. So should I actually, should I say 6'2 or can you figure out how my actual height is if, the, if you care about such a thing? Right. It was very meta. It was very self-observant. That's and so, weird because I put four foot, you know, so when they meet me like, oh, whoa, this guy's a fucking reversing giant. Reversing expectations. That's right. Although the question is, it says, it, yeah. It was, I get less action, you know. Ah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's, it, yeah. it's. So that it was a it was a, an experience of being able to get invited to a group of of arch owners up in. This That's case. where the value is at. Like, yeah, like it, the it, community. It's, it, it's yeah. not it's not X amount of money for a motorcycle. It's right. X amount of money for a community. Community it's and for the experience. Yes. It's for. I mean. Yeah, being able to meet others who are also. I, I gotta ask. Event. I Yo. gotta ask. Everybody's gonna want me to ask. Yes. You know, do you get to meet Keanu Reeves? I did. I did have a photo with him. It was very fun. It was that's worth the money. That, right there. <laughs> Come on. Come on. One of the weird consequences, though, is that like he has a. Again, I'm probably going to draw their attention now. Saying this, he has like a very, very obsessive point zero one percent of the kind of least functioning people in society that will they see. Oh, you have one of his bikes, and I get about. No joke about once a month, someone's saying, I have this very urgent message. I need you to pass along to Keanu. Right. And I'm like, what? Uh, like, first of all, like even someone that I'm like super tight with, I'd be like, okay, look, why don't you talk to him directly? Don't use me as your go-between. And for a completely, it, it was, but people have very poor boundary issues. And about once a month, I will get a brand new message from somebody who's like a possessive Keanu fan. Yeah. It's like, oh, Next time you see him, you got to send him along this whatever. I went to crazy. high school with him. He owes me money. Please right. Or some crazy shit. Some, something to instigate. And I'm like, okay, you know, just mass. That, 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 that's so weird because, you know, I, I've, met in a, I've met a lot of celebrities. Right. And, and there's a part of me, you know, for the most part, I would mm. kind of like avoid him. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't want to fucking, you know, yeah. be that guy. Hey, yeah. oh, yeah. that, that. But then I, I know some celebrities that are mm. friends of mine. Right. And they're like... I mean, as long as you're not fucking disturbing my dinner, right? You know, and 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 fucking shit up, you know, on a date. If it's somewhere public, and you're like, right. hey, can I, you know, meet you, or can I do that? Right. They kind of like it. Yes. You know, they That's do kind of like it. So right. it, it's kind of weird. And 
you know, do you approach? Do you not approach? Should you be too cool? Because now I feel like everybody's too cool to approach a celebrity. <laughs> and then I don't know. I, I guess I guess I guess there's got to be a middle ground. There's a, probably I'm still working. I mean, I was, I was a new guy. I mean, like at that owner's event, that was the other thing was that it was. And everybody's just fucking buried in money, huh? Oh, man. I was buried. easily, easily the poorest person. There. Yeah. You're just <laughs> I like, was the, the poor. <laughs> it was it was actually, and that's a continuation of something. It was, I, I think something that I've done ever since I came to the U.S. I remembered, this is kind of going into, like, the whole idea of being the poorest person in the room has been very helpful for me. Like, in, the idea is that, you know, you've heard the notion that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Yeah. If that's the case, then why wouldn't you want to be the poorest person in the room, the dumbest person in the room? Because then all you have to do is go up. You're interacting. Right. Yes, if you're standing time with people that are going to pull you down, like, well, I'm unemployed, but all my other friends are, so what's the big deal? You know, I'm hooked on crack, but that guy's hooked on crack and, you know, heroin. Right. What a yeah. loser. There's yeah. no re- Whereas if you're surrounded His by people. His girlfriend blew me for exactly. more crack. Like, I'm not him. Fuck Right, exactly. But, but yeah, that's just terrible. Whereas if you it's are. It's a big problem. People don't realize that. Yeah, being able to elevate one's company. So I was able to elevate my, my company when I graduated university. When I graduated high school, my parents bought me kind of a gag gift sort of a thing, a one share of Microsoft. Right. And it was, the funny thing was that I was an 18-year-old that was going around college telling people that I co-owned a business with Bill Gates, yeah. which is, you know, technically true by the thinnest of margins. And it was kind of one of those, but the other thing I did you get. You own a stock or I something. I know a stock. I, once, I literally won <laughs> stock, right? Like 45 <laughs> bucks worth or whatever, but it was one stock. I own right. it. I own I, it. I, I, I co-owned a business with Bill Gates. That's right. I'm a capital partner in a joint <laughs> international business venture with Bill Gates Sr. since the age of 18. Yeah. Which is the most pompous way of saying you have right. like one share of Microsoft. But the other right. benefit, which I fully capitalized on later, the inspiration for it was that as a shareholder, even one share, that gives you an invitation to shareholder meetings. Um, right. Every if you're not for those who are not familiar, a shareholder meeting is basically this is some good information. A Continue. performance review for CEOs. So if you own like most of you own a mutual fund, if you or if you own stocks in an individual company, you own shares, shares of a company. So you own shares of Microsoft, you own shares of Google or whatnot. And and if you are a CEO of a publicly traded company, the people that own the business, you are technically their employee, and so it's a performance review for CEOs. And every year there is one. So if you own a share of stock, even one share, that gives you invitations to every shareholder meeting that is had by that company until you sell your position. And so knowing this, I really wanted a job in investment banking, which was not hiring people from state university. They're very snobby, Ivy League only. And so I desperately wanted these jobs. I bought one share of stock in the top 20 companies in, at the time, the Bay Area. And so it was like Silicon Graphics, Sun Microsystems, Google, Apple, all, well, just one share piece in each of them, like couple, you know, 50, 100, 100 bucks right. a piece. Multiply that by multiple companies. But now I got invitations to all these company shareholder meetings. And That's I attended amazing. every one of these shareholder meetings. I put on my suit and tie. I had this very old, very, very, very shitty Civic that was on its last legs, <laughs> but I'm just kind of, you know, I'm parking it next to all these Porsches, BMWs, and Lexus. I had my one good suit and tie on. That was it. I had no other suits. I always wore the same suit over and over and over. And so I was this punk kid, you know, with my shitty Civic next to all these Benzes, Porsches, and BMWs. And I would show up at these shareholder meetings. And the people I met there 
way richer than me, way more powerful, and they were all way connected. And so eventually, I and older, and much older, and established careers. And so they're a little bit curious: who is this young guy, and what's he doing here? I'm oh, I'm looking after all my Oracle interests. You know, all twenty three dollars worth. Like, wow, you keep on a Civic by yourself. Wow, yeah. You really do like money. You're, look at how. Why did we buy this Ferrari? I told yeah. you. <laughs> so as a result of meeting people at the shareholder meetings, I was introduced to a gentleman who turned out to be a managing director at an investment banking firm that then ultimately hired me. And when I joined, they uh, they had an analyst orientation meeting, whatever thing, and they, they made a big point about how they got like 6,000 applicants for those 36 spots. 6,000 Six. people applied for a position that I got, and there was 36 hires. I was one of them. Wow. And I look Those around. Those odds are like less than the, the Navy SEAL yeah. or something. I look around every other person that was in my analyst class. It was Harvard, 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 Stanford, 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 Yale, Yale, Yale. And then me, the guy from UC San Diego. It's like what? people were looking around like, is this guy's dad like a senator or something? And I'm like, no. Like I was a diversity hire that year. I, I clawed my way that's in. That's awesome. But That's that, amazing. That's That really is amazing. But that's sort of a, and I've been, and every time I moved to a new city, um, back when I was working and moving for for a while, I would figure out what the headquarters of companies, a company's headquarter in the city I was living in, and they just buy up all their stocks. And then immediately I buy myself access to a bunch of shareholder meetings that I would show up in. And you would show up. Yeah, I would show up to all of so, them. So at, at this point, you're we're, we're saying invest into stocks and, and you can get into this, but right. more so we're talking about the relationships. show up. Well, no, no. Yeah, show up, right. Is Physically show up. be in the presence of people who are your financial superiors and figure out what makes them, t- unless you regardless know. Regardless of your status, exactly. regardless of where you're at, you get invited, yeah. show up. Show up. Don't worry about what you're driving. Right. Don't worry about where you got your suit from. Right. Th- Do is, everything you can to be useful to the people who are, because create about, value. Create value. Think about if you can if you can improve a billionaire's life by one percent, like a, a guy with a net worth of one billion dollars and you've improved their life one percent, you've improved their life by ten million dollars worth. That's an amazing right? way to fucking look at it. And so like if uh, imagine a personal trainer, imagine you're like a fat slob of a billionaire and the personal trainer is okay, I'm gonna put you on a diet. You're going to look ripped, and then in a year and a half, you're going to be dating like supermodels at you know twenty five year old supermodels. And a trainer actually boosts himself. Like that billionaire went from like a slob with a billion dollars to now he's, how much has that guy's life been improved by? Right. Like now and, you are and, ripped. And, and his life expectancy. Expectancy. And, and he'll realize that. Right? He'll and realize so, that. And that's the idea is that, but the only way to be trusted enough to improve their life and, and, and get some sort of compensation, you have to be close to them. Yeah. If you have a 190 IQ and you live in Zimbabwe, it's like you're, you're kind of screwed. Right, right. You, if you have that, then you need to be in a place where that can be valued and honored because you're in Zimbabwe right now. Get the I, fuck I, out. I got, I got one, just one rebuttal on that one. Okay, go on. They, they just arrested this guy in Nigeria uh-huh. for flashing his Bentley and Rolls Royce and everything. Damn, he was one of the guys doing the letters. Hey, my family. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That scammed everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got caught, so he, he got away for a minute. For, he got away for a long time. And that's Actually, one guy that got caught, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's one, one guy that got many. caught. Exactly. And he's not the only one, right? So it's right. like, anyway, like the, the, the general idea. I don't know where I was going with this. No, no. We were just talking about showing up and investing into right. stocks so the idea is and knowing people. But also the whole idea is being, you have, to, you, you have to be visible to and be visible. And you got to get out there. And be out there right. and also be able to identify needs, being able to 
to figure out what the pain point is and be able to provide a solution. I mean, that's, that's I think, the most valuable thing. I I think I had this conversation with you last time when we went for a ride and we were in Malibu and we tried that tequila. Do you remember that brand of the tequila we tried? Oh, it was so good. It was pretty good. It was was fucking, it was frozen. Yeah. We had to wait like an hour for it. Yeah. That melt. But, um, you know, we had that conversation about, fuck, I just lost my train of thought. We, we, We had the conversation about, creating value you have to have when you meet billionaires when you meet right. millionaires when you meet anybody right you have to have something to offer them right if you don't have anything to offer anybody right then you're useless right you know and some people just want to go through life you know fake it till you make it you well, can do a little bit of that. like you this can, thing is yeah. right you can have a little bit of that but understand that if you can't offer anybody anything right. you're useless right you know and you're not going to stick around and you're absolutely right. The five people around you right. are is who's going to influence you and how you're going to create and live your life. Be very selective about who you spend time with. Otherwise, you might end up kind of drifting. If you're the highest functioning person in your group of friends, then you better get some new. You friends. You better get some new friends. Otherwise, you'll slow. You'll you will literally be the hardest per- working person you know, and you'll and everyone else will be dragging you down. Like, oh, why you gotta work so hard, man? And not only that, but you 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 don't know what to compare yourself to, right? Because you're just you comparing positive, yourself, right. right? You have to have positive comparisons that I think are just a bit out of reach. Uh, I remember because I used to work, I used to row in uh, in college, uh, competitive rowing, and so for me, like the one of the memories I have from you know, many years ago in college was that there was. And the rowing, um, we're always constantly tested on the ergometers. How much can we pull? How much, how long can you, basically test your stamina and your strength. And people kind of coalesce around various rankings. And so I typically was, was ranked between number four and number three. That was out of an eight-man boat. I would be most of the time fourth. And every once in a while, I really, really push myself. I can just barely beat number three. Right. Caleb Fisher just barely ahead of me. So that was the part I was constantly chasing that. It was like, he's had, if he has an off day and I really push myself, I can just barely beat him by maybe 15, 20% of the time. And and that's interesting because when you're at that level, right. you're still super motivated. Like if you're right. in the first, you obviously did a lot of training to become yes. the first and you want to maintain. Like defend it, right. You want to defend it. The right. second and third, same thing. And right. that's fourth when you're going back and forth. Yeah. But anything after that is kind of like, ah, oh, fuck yeah. it. They exactly. Don't know. I'm on a team anyway. They can't kick me off right. the boat or yeah. so whatever, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a weird... It, I was thinking, like, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about this. Imagine the people going through the most emotional turmoil at any Olympic game has to be the silver medalists. Think about it. Like, if, if you're a silver medalist in an Olympic thing, you knew what it took to be gold, and you just fucked up just a little bit, and if you didn't do that thing, you would have been first. Like, all you can think about is that right. you barely made gold, and then everyone's congratulating you. You have to kind of be gracious and smile. Like, oh, yeah, 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 we're really happy. Yeah. And then in your head, you're like, you're like you're losing your fucking mind, and you but you can't you, have, you just have to kind of smut stomach it all because everyone's expecting you to be happy. You have to put on a big smile for the cameras, like yeah, hey, I'm super happy. I put in my best effort, and you're like, have if you, I <laughs> did this thing differently, I would have to. Fucking well, th- that's why that's why, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's why they they shave their their hair. That's right. why they shave Everything. their body they because people lose races over for those like milliseconds. Little, right? And milliseconds. If, and so every single person who's silver medalist, they have to basically pretend like that kind of emotional right. turmoil. The bronze guy is like, dude, I almost didn't even get on the stage, so I'm just happy to be here. Like right. they're not thinking right. like, oh, I'm happy gold. I'm not silver. There's a, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I'm not silver. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be on the stage because I was like a half a millimeter away from like just being not on the stage at all. So the like, bronze gold is right. happy. The gold is obviously happy. The <laughs> silver is in the middle going... <sighs> and the other ones are like, oof. These yeah, everyone's guys. like, oh. fuck the gold. The other two suckers. Right? I feel like uh, you. You seen Talladega Nights? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> but, but I mean, think but about it from the perspective of yeah. third and fourth. <laughs> but that second place, it's like the, 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 conflu- the, the divergence between the social expectations of your emotions and your actual emotions. Right. You're forced to play along. Like everyone will congratulate Bronze and Bronze will legitimately and honestly be, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm really happy and thrilled as well. It's just the silver. It's but like, but, but you it. know what? I, I it's an excellent point you're yeah. making, and and it's and it's well respected. But the I respect that more than this new thing that kids are growing up with, where everybody gets the award. Oh god, yeah. there That's is terrible. no winner. Yeah. we're all winners. Yes. you know, even the losing team's a winner. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy. Yes, that that that's I, I that cheapens really, it. it. There's cheapens a certain it. sense of you need to have because part of growing up as an adult is knowing what it's like to lose. And getting, wanting something and not getting it is probably an incredibly valuable experience that right. most of us are getting denied. And I think that has some pretty terrible consequences. Which is another point, you know, I, I believe, I, I think bullying's terrible. Yeah. But there's certain bullying that fucking changes people's lives. Guess what? If there wasn't bullying, I don't think Bill Gates would exist. I don't think Steve <laughs> Jobs would exist. If, if, you know, fat shaming or stuff like that. Right. Like, if you talk shit and say, hey, bro, you're fucking fat. You got to lose weight, man. Yeah. You're unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people will be like, fuck that guy. I'm going to yeah. lose weight and show him. Right. And it makes him better. But if we're, if we're you know, Tap soft, dancing around it, yeah, right. Yeah, and like, oh, yeah, it's okay. All bodies are beautiful. Oh, you look every great. Healthy at every age. Yeah, right. You're, you're no, motherfucker, your cholesterol is fucked up. Yep. You're, you're eating shit. Right. You're not taking care. You're not exercising. You're not waking up. And and all of a sudden, we're in a society where you can't even fucking tell people oh, anything because no, they get so easily Oh, you're offended. fat shaming. You're, you're doing all these horrible things. It's, uh, and we're, the, the, the whole thing, I think, is that we're, we're being forced to accept an untruth. And that's part of it. It's, uh, are you familiar with the term of compliance test? Mm, compliance I, test is I know, where... I, mean, I know many compliance tests, but I don't know which this, one you're talking about. This notion of... Uh, I'm going to make a small ask just to see how much I have control over you. I'm going to tell you to blink your eyes. I'm going to tell you to go drink that water or something. And then if you do so, then I can make a bigger ask. Down. I'm going to establish a pattern. It's, a, it's an NLP technique where I'm trying to establish a pattern where I say things and you do it. So I do something. I say something you're already going to do anyway. And so you associate the fact that you do things after I say it. And that I say something kind of like, like Inception or something. Kind of right, yeah. and then and, you, but you, have to, you have to ladder it up. If you straight up and say, "Yeah, pick up a gun, go kill somebody," like, okay, you're not going to do that. But if we establish, and then now, oh hey, you know what? You should wire that money to that account. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Right, right. It's the, it's the idea of a yes ladder. You create a bunch of things I say yes to. Da-da-da-da. Oh yeah, that sounds reasonable. Uh, that sounds reasonable. And what's your password again? Oh yeah, it's like, wait, wait, what? What just happened? Yeah, right. What's your ATM? You know, in in, in um, it's it's a little random. Sorry. Uh, in Colombia, mm. they have this thing, I think the FBI or CIA, they call it zombie dust. Mm. And it's this thing where somebody will walk up to you and they'll show you a mouth. They'll be like, excuse me, I'm lost. Do you know? And, and it's this dust. It's like this dust there. They'll blow it in your face. They'll oh, go, shit. And when they blow it, like, and look everything. it up. You're done. You're fucking done. Whatever they tell you, hey, let's uh, go to your house. And yes. You, okay. You go, hey, where, where do you keep all your money and jewelry? Oh, shit. Okay. You can rape women, you can steal, you can go to the, you can make them walk to the ATM, put their card in. It's crazy. It's it's called zombie dust. But anyways, that's a more extreme thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, but it exists. Yeah. That that, that shit's around. Wow. Yeah. So it's super fucking crazy. And this, and if, if you're reading about it, that means it exists, which means it's not just people in South America. The CIA definitely has this. 
Oh, 100 percent. Right. I mean, we've already know how much right. drugs the CIA has put in. What, oh. what were they calling acid? MDAD? MDMA. Yeah. MDMA. But the funny thing is, it's funny because I look at the CIA always says, oh, every time they get busted doing something really, really shady, they go, oh, we're going to have a reform. We're going to fire a bunch of people, blah, blah, blah. But we got better now. Right. And they get caught again. It's like, oh, well, you know, we got. Mm. And now apparently they're super clean and everything is all above board. I'm like, mm. they're also they're also on the hook for uh, Kennedy's assassination as well. Well, they'll never let alone that. with Cuba and let alone with the Russians. Will never alone. admit that. Yeah. Just saying that on this podcast actually, might uh, get us yeah, in trouble, but I, whatever. I, I, you know, <laughs> We're all thought criminals but, here. <laughs> but you know what? They, they they didn't. I think it was about less than a year ago that the CIA did release all information supposedly of of that case of Cuba? to the public, uh, to the the Cuban Missile Crisis oh. and the Kennedy assassination. If so, they released it. No, that well, they re they released information that they gathered. There were okay. still no conclusions on there. Oh, obviously, okay. I was we going to say like, about it. Mm, yeah, I would have heard some news if uh, if they released stuff that's that. Yeah, explosive. no, it, it was probably more shit just to confuse more people. Probably. Yeah. yeah no, it's it's it goes deep, man. I mean, we think about all the things we accept as sacrosanct in history, and it's just simply a story. I mean, the example I always bring up to people is think if you think history isn't like severely slanted and twisted, and think about like. If you, have you ever had an experience where two of your friends, like a male and female, that, that you knew independently, you friends independently, they started dating each other and they had a really messy breakup and they tell you what went wrong and each of them tells you a completely different story, right? I mean, we've all right. experienced this, right? Right. And that's like a couple. It, it, it could be just with friends. Or right. Now like imagine. Boy, girl, I said, boy, boy. Exactly. And if we have that diversion of a story, now imagine when nations actually send sol their soldiers in to kill other nations. If you think I'm going to make up stories about the other one. Right. I mean, People, literal people have died over it, and we will definitely create stories in which the other people are complete pieces of shit and our people are totally vindicated, da da da, da. And right. you have, and so the, I wonder, like, you know, now that no, we're, there's no one living to contradict it, how many things do we accept as history are? Well, I, I, th I think, fuck, I forgot how the saying goes, but yeah. there's a there's an expression that they say that the um, history was written by the... the like the victors, right. By the victors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, so, like, so. you're only going to hear that side. You're not going to hear what the purpose was or... What was happening before that? Like, for example, I mean, a simple example. Yeah. Native Indians, which they're not even Indians or native, yes. you know, whatever. We we still call them Indians. Yes. They got massacred. Yep. They got genocide. Mm -hmm. And, like, all they were doing was fucking hunting. They had a few rival tribes. Yep. Fucking barbecuing, yep. smoking weed, and dancing. That's yep. it. That's all they were doing. Yep. But, you know, you know the Spanish and everything, and yep. everybody's going to say, no, they were crazy and they were savages and yep. they were fucking animals yep. and you know in the new world and it's like that's your story like, right well, nobody we all have knows our own exactly story. they're not around to contradict it so it's right. like yeah it's whoever's story dominates and and that is that is really fascinating to me from a from an existential level of how much of people's identities wrap around the legends we hear about our own people right if you are told that you are a heroic or a villainous or whatever people and that's all of your your uh, cultural heroes are like brilliant scientists or great warriors or tricksters or whatnot. And you can steer an entire people's destiny in, in, in different directions. I yeah, think. So, I, 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 I saw I saw a post and it said, um, "When I was young, 
I, I, I rooted for the superhero. Mm. But as I get older, I'm understanding more of the villains. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Absolutely. <laughs> These guys are not wrong. Yeah. Why, why, why is Superman messing around with us? Like, yeah. come on, stop this shit, bro. You got to get, <laughs> get papers and registration. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, You're breaking no, all the laws, buddy. You're I, taking the, advantage of power. The one uh, graphic novel I would love to see turn into a movie and has it is um, have you ever you've read a lot of no, uh, graphic novels or no comic books like the, some the, the, I, I had spot I collected Spawn that okay. was that was the Spawn. one that I was really did into. you ever see um, Batman uh, Dark Knight Returns Frank Miller he wrote a story about a fifty five year old Batman it was it was great it was a in this timeline I mean you always see Batman typically he's thirty five you know thirty to thirty five. 40 Apex max. shape, 40 max, right? Yeah. Super ripped, you know, no injuries. Now it's like this 55-year-old. He's still ripped, but he's hung up Batman for like 10 years. He's in his mansion, and he's just like kind of going crazy watching TV, loses his shit, shit and then finally on. at 55, puts on the bat cape, tries to fight crime, and just, th- th- that's the beginning of this. That's, that's a that great awesome. premise, right? And right. so he's sitting here trying to kick ass, except he's not... Really, he he's, he's not at his he's not at his peak anymore, and he's still acting as if he is, and that's kind of getting him into trouble. But and that but that's interesting because yeah. if you look at the average thirty year old or forty year old, they're not in good shape. They're oh, no. fucking lazy people. Oh, yeah, and yeah, if there yeah, was yeah. a guy like Bruce Wayne that right. really existed that was fifty five years old in right. shape, he'd fuck up a lot of people. He would, but a it's a lot like, of these knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would, but it's like he's he's mentally still thinking that he still has it. And so that's, right. that's the, the, the this right. Yeah, he's not, not thirty. Year old, right? Year but old. he's still fighting as if he is, and it's like, okay, right. well, look, you have, you are slowed down, and so you're overestimating some of your abilities based upon your age, as that becomes a storyline for the whole thing. Anyway, it's it's a fantastic uh, story. That I, I, I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah, Frank let, Miller. Huh? Let me let me bring it back to the motorcycle. Oh yeah, I I, I know what you ride. Yes, it, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went out with you that one day in Malibu. We yeah. made like two, three stops, and people <laughs> were just like, ah, oh, flocking, like, oh my god. Yes, it amazing. does get a lot and you're like, of attention. Yes, yes, I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, t- one picture, one picture. <laughs> but um, but what's your background with motorcycles? How did you get into motorcycles? Because first of all like mm. being i seen the, the few asians i mean when i go asian such a yeah, yeah, big yeah. blanket you know filipinos ride like crazy oh yeah you know, like in the daily city that's their that's you know that's the filipino capital thing. everybody rides street bikes that's right chinese i don't think i've seen too many chinese ride motorcycles. not as many no how did you get into motorcycles later on and in you're life. more like super americanized yes. chinese yes you're, like you yes. got came the, to the states many many years ago so i've uh sorry about the life <laughs> no worries no the the um, yeah, got into bike later on in life, which is probably good because I also know what a more reckless person I was when I was 19, 20, 25 years old. And if I had access to two wheels at the time, I probably would have made a lot of mistakes. awful decisions that would have affected, yeah, just me, right? This is, this is the thing. If you're a bottom 25% car driver, your car takes the hits for your bad decisions. If you're a bottom 25% motorcycle rider, your legs, your arms, your your head takes the hits for your bad decisions. And so nature and fate punishes the bottom 25%, 25% of riders harder than drivers. And when I was 19 to even 30, I think I was definitely in the most reckless of the 10% of the, uh, of the people that demographic. And so... Those are those are very bad odds, right? Those would be odds that I think right. could not be. But so. but can we admit you you didn't really calculate those odds at that time? It was just luck, or you had those you had those. It was a numbers. weird. I have a like, weird. 
this is again one of these long con- I've I've felt like for most of my life I've had a supernaturally high level of luck in terms right. of breaks that I wonder whether or not luck itself is sort of a persistent trait of yours like like your height your hair color or whatever like some people are just statistically way luckier than usual some people are statistically way less lucky and so for me I feel like again, I don't want to jinx side. myself but I again I don't feel like that's a thing where I I tend to things I would show up in very very busy venues with on the few occasions when I do drive a car and it's like someone which has happened to be leaving a spot. It's like, oh shit, okay. Everyone else is looking for parking and this guy's leaving in front of me. Oh, okay, I'll take that spot. And that's this has happened multiple times where, where my fiance, she's like, wait, I never get this. And if you're driving my car, this happens to you too. I'm like, I, <laughs> it feels very supernatural. It's like, um, right. it's a, it's a. Uh, do, do you think that's like a, a law of attraction or something you create? I don't even know. You do you know, predict it or it just happens? It just kind of happens. It yeah. happens in a very weird and organic, it, it reminds me I really wish Michael Mann turned this into a movie. So back in 2001, Michael Mann did a sort of a short indie film as sort of a stunt um, called Lucky Star in which he got Benicio Del Toro, the actor, I love to that play. Fucking, that guy's amazing. Yeah, so he had this thing. If he, it's very weird and art housey, but you can find it online. He made a, Michael Mann made a video called Lucky Star where Benicio Del Toro plays this mysterious world's luckiest man. And, and so he's got like the interest that he's, a ridiculously successful stock trader because he is constantly making the right calls. And of course, everyone gets suspicious. He must be being insider trading, something illegal. No one's right this often. And so that was a trailer. He never made a full movie out of it. But that, I'll show you after this this podcast, a fantastic little uh, snippet. That, I'll, I'll uh, put a link also. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how I feel sometimes. It's like just supernaturally lucky. And things that kind of, can go a couple of different ways, ends up breaking my way way more often than usual. And I say this because I know some people that are the reverse, people that are perpetually unlucky. I can ima- I imagine you can think of someone in your life that's just like, man, every time something bad happens, if it's 50-50, you're just going to end up getting the short in the stick, right? There are people that yeah. are just perpetually unlucky. So like if yeah, someone you, like you, me you, exists- you see both sides. Yeah, but like, it's like fuck. if someone like me exists, someone on the other side of it also exists, people that are just constantly getting unlucky. They- they parked 11 minutes in a 10 minute spot and the person just happened to be there gave the ticket. Like, dude, I spent all day and you know, I got guy was, no ticket. And I walked right up as the guy was about to issue me a gift. He's like, yeah, hey, you can get back to your car or whatever. I'll go out to the next guy. Like I've right. had this happen before. I've just right. dodged There's tickets. people that are like, I fucking can't stand the parking attendants. It's like, yes. oh, why not? Like they're cool. They're right, very exactly. Nice they never hurt they're me. They're hard workers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> never hurt me. It's like literally, yeah. it's, it's this weird. And the other thing also, I would say that I've been fairly lucky like this for a long time. And only now do I realize, like, man, I must have been an insufferable person to parent. Because if so, oh, oh, we're good. I, I the, uh, the right. You think were, about you were like difficulty. Yeah, I mean, like, typically, if you're a parent, like, okay, do this bad and dumb thing, and there will be bad consequences for you. Right. Except in my case, the bad consequences never came. Right. And it's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for the bad consequence, uh, and so. I think I spent my late teens and 20s extremely, I, I was a very unlikable and arrogant person in my teens and 20s. Yeah. Because imagine But you need how, that in life. You, you need that. I, I think you need to be a little arrogant and fucking in uh, life. Oh, you got to balance it. You got to balance it. But you can't be the fucking yes man. Right. But it's time, like being sort of an uncontrolled, up. being able to get things way above average. It's like being born good looking. You don't realize how much of an organic advantage you have. You have this inflated confidence about your abilities. It wasn't really your ability. It was just simply the fact that right. things kind of were paid just for you in some ways. Nothing, nothing, nothing that involved your hard work, just simply sort of 
Yeah. It's, like there's people that can eat whatever they want. They look right. great. And there's people that no matter what they do. They you have know, to they, kind of work a lot harder to keep yeah, pace. And they so have to like even a, get it up there. Yeah. No, I, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, th- this is episode, I want to say 34. Okay. And the amount of times that I tell people on this podcast, which I feel like it's that lucky thing too, mm-hmm. but I, I, I always repeat this 95 to 98% of motorcycle accidents mm. is rider error. Mm. Yes. And, and I hate making that statement because I get on a bike almost yeah. every single day. Right. And, and literally I'll have this conversation, I'll jump on the bike and, and it fucks with my brain for a second. I'm like, mm. why did I just say that? You know, mm. but you know, I, I've, I've seen many motorcycle accidents yep. and, Again, 98 to right now, there's only two accidents that I know of that mm. was like, you know, you did everything correctly. And some it was so it was right. a freak accident. Yep. It was a freak accident. Right. And it was all the exceptions and everything right. else. But we, we have a lot of control. statistically right. looking at it. And of course, you know, in court and, you know, police, it, they're always going to favor the motorcycle. Right. But that's that's just the fact. Right. If you're going to be a dickhead, people are not riding, you know, with safe bikes, people right. riding with old brake pads, people that can't afford to change their tires, people yeah. that do that kind of crazy Doing shit. wheelies. And well, you know, well like, the stunt on, stuff, dude. the stunt stuff, I'm going to say this. I've interviewed enough people in the stunt world where right. they're they're getting the new tires they're doing this they're doing right. that they're doing, they're doing they're safety i'm they're, talking about the moron squids that are just right. doing it with the yeah right with the shitty stuff right. exactly but even them they know what to expect yeah. it's still their fault 100 yeah. oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. point but they know what to expect right. but i'm talking about the guy that's like you know what i'm gonna take this turn yes it says 30 yes but i'm gonna take it at 50 because i'm on a motorcycle and it's cool yes you know there's gonna be an accident there's gonna be an yeah. issue there's gonna be a problem and right. those are the that those are the things i guess the two most popular accidents is mm. the the T-bone, mm-hmm. yeah. Where where like for example, this guy came in in a wheelchair. I used to I used to work at Van Nuys Harley, okay, like 11, 12 years ago. Okay, this guy comes in a wheelchair, and I, I'm like, "What happened to you, man?" And he's like, "Well, I was I was you know driving down Van Nuys Boulevard mm. at a at a regular speed, mm-hmm. and this car turns in front of me, mm-hmm. and I crashed, mm. and I'm like." Okay. We service the police bikes and I'm like, Hey, what happened to so-and-so? Yeah. He was going 60 yeah. on Van Nuys Boulevard yeah. and the car making a left, like yeah. did not think this. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's you the, know, and the second one is turns, right? Most people crash on turns, right? But that, that, that comes back to, you know what you're saying there, there's a, there's a certain luck thing, right? That I think exists, uh, when I ride, when I get out there yeah. and I, I have some of that and right. I think I can access more. It's just somebody planted a seed in my head one time I didn't like. And they mm. were like, you're lucky. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thank you. And they're like, you do know luck runs out, right? And I'm like, mm, why'd you say that? Uh, why'd you say that? They're jealous. That too. That is, the, that is my typical. It's but like, it was I've, somebody actually close to me that said that. And I was people like, People can what? be jealous when they're close to you though sometimes. I mean, I don't know the exact relationship, but that's, that's, not, a, that's not an unheard of thing. I mean, it's. That's a great point. One of my, uh, one of my best friends, he is. Of one of these fascinating characters that's like on the rise, and so he's moving through socioeconomic classes in a super fast way. It's not like he's getting a lucky break. It's just every single time there's a chance to be competent in front of someone who's very rich and can decide his fate, he ends up making the correct decisions. And they go, "Yep, you get the promotion. You get this. You get this." And and we were talking. It's like, yeah, there are people, there are friends of his that get really salty about it. Like we, you, you and I were both like, you know, broke ass, fresh college grads. Now you're what? You're a partner at this fund? Like, what the, and so. He's losing friends. It's yeah, like it's a it's a fascinating thing. Like like there's a lot of people that can't handle one of their what they feel of their peers um, exceeding them, and that 
that you'll create jealousy, people start sniping, and if you are exceeding someone that you used to be on par with, they will do everything they can to bring you back to their level because that's what, that's where they're comfortable is wherever level you were at before. Right. They do not take delight in seeing you level up. Right. It, it's it, it's interesting that we, we have people like that in our yeah. lives. Oh, yeah. And and we know about it, but we entertain it. We still do. We, we entertain it for whatever need, uh, right. human nature or nurturing or whatever. Or, just, or desire to be prove them wrong, maybe. Right. Something. Right. I, at least that, 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 that's a good direction to right. go with. But, you know, I, I think many people keep like, like, for example, you know, you have a relationship, like um, girls get in those relationships where it's like, he hits me, he drinks, right. he gets oh, all yeah. fucked up. And it's like, get out of there. No, right. no, you know, I, I left my CDs in his truck. I can't leave them. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> Some, whatever, <laughs> like whatever invented yeah, excuse. My slippers these are there. Oh, whatever. yeah. They, they fill in the oh, fucking yeah. blank and, 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 and they deal with it. But, but people forget relationships. Well, Forget, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, yeah, wife, yeah, wife, yeah, yeah. husband, husband, whatever the case is. Yeah. But people do this at, at a certain level with friendship. And, oh, yeah. and it's back to this is an interesting podcast because basically what we're talking about is jump on opportunity. Yes. Hang out with people that are doing better than you and yes. surround yourself by better people. Aspirational archetypes. Um, that, uh, that's another way to put it. Yes. I like like the there are on. people that uh, where you are now and then where you'd like to be. And it's it doesn't necessarily have to be about money necessarily. It could be about just people that read more books than you, people that are smarter than you, people that have a... More talent. Right. Or, whatever it is, that they their presence levels you up in their world. And hopefully you bring something to the table that's, as well. If, if you're if the dumbest guy in the room, at least be entertaining. That's my right. that's my like kind of default <laughs> is if I can entertain you, I'm okay kind of driving dragging y'all billionaires yeah. down to my level. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I, and I think we had this conversation because yeah. you, you did some comedy. Yes. And I and I did some comedy. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Talking, I don't know why we stopped. Yeah. But um, you know, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those paths and those careers that you know, artificial intelligence yeah. and, and machine working will not be able to replace no. entertainment world. You know, that's not, a, not the uppermost level. There's going to be, there's going to be like a lot of low level stuff that can be reproduced, but yes, the high level stuff I think still requires people. So it's, it rem, it's reminiscent of the, the, um, there's an economist that wrote a book called uh, the winner take all society that basically it's this idea that entertainment is going to go to a tiny handful of people that are kind of top, one percent performers, as opposed to everyone else. The um, the example he gave was that in the in the nineteen hundreds, before recordings, people like listen to music, and if you want to hear music, you will pay money. And so you have even like a mediocre violinist or whatnot can have some hourly work just playing for the you know poorest people who still want to pull chip into hear right. someone play. But once recorded automated recording happened you have to be basically like a top 1% musician. There's no point in being like an 80th percentile musician. It's like, well, well I was just going to get the recording the best, and then it scales. That person gets the royalties, everyone else like, and and so on and so forth. And that's happening in more and more industries where there's no, the top 1% gets a lot of the income, and everyone else goes down right. sand. Acting, music, a lot of these fields. Right. Um, legal profession as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of these things where you you either are a unique product that commands a premium that you're at the apex of it, or you may as well not even bother. We we, we talked about you know uh, memory and yeah. people's stories and his side and her side and yeah, blah yeah, yeah. blah blah. I I I heard that they were. Um, I'm trying to recall where I heard this. I heard this. I heard that the court systems are trying to avoid, you know, um, 
witnesses for 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 court cases. Oh, and and the reason they're doing this is because they're realizing how flawed the witness the, the human is. memory is. Oh yeah, you know, like you you'll, you'll get the per you know. Uh, this guy's a drunk. He was on the corner. He witnessed everything. Right. Yeah. The guy was wearing a black shirt. Like, like basically, you know, there, there's many studies that, you know, if you get a thousand people, you show them an ad. And, right. You know, by the time a week later, no, nobody, no one remembers the ad. Nobody remembers exactly what the slogan right. was. Nobody knows, remembers the brand. Nobody right. remembers anything. So they're seeing how flawed the human and yeah, how much we trust it. And like how much we trust it. You know, yes. like, oh, well, so-and-so. You know, because er- everything's hearsay. Right. Oh, you have a witness? Right. Oh, but uh, so actually, so-and-so. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, it's another interesting oh topic to come. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you, did a, you did a TED Talk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. Can, can you describe it and how... Short version is... And as where a, to find it. Yeah, was it's, a, it's on... Well, it's also linked on... I have a foundation called Citizen Medic. The uh, domain name is citizenmedic.org. And the TED Talk itself is, as a uh, responder, as a first responder, my experiences twice, whereas a civilian, I had to administer first aid once um, successfully up in uh, San, uh, San Mateo and then once unsuccessfully in uh, Yosemite. Talking about that from a perspective of how important it is for people to learn basic wound care and CPR. And so that's based the foundation as well. So that's if you if anyone is curious, that is the domain name, citizenmedic.org. Yeah, and, and it's important. I used to do. Um, I used to live in uh, Santa Cruz County, mm. and you know, in my teens, I was like, a, I was a lifeguard for okay. the YMCA. So you had to go to the, yeah, and then later on, I became a lifeguard on the beach in, nice. in Santa, Santa Cruz. And and one of the things that stuck out was one, my life wasn't to like save people's lives. Mm. Not to get to that step yet. Right. My life was to prevent it from people yeah, get to getting point. to that point. Right. You see a weak swimmer. You see somebody that can't, you know, deal with rip current. Right. You know, anything. Preventative. Be preventative. That that, that was the whole point that right. I learned from anything. You need, you need to prevent situations. Right. You know. And then the second thing was, fuck, I just, it's tequila. Ah. <laughs> the second thing that I, God damn it, I totally blanked on that. No, the, the, I was you, thinking. You, you got to prevent. Preventative. God damn it! Gosh darn it! <laughs> and and it's a point that I make all the all the time. I completely made a blank. I was I was thinking from the perspective of of uh, like imagine that for law enforcement as well. How much you could do if you were able. That was the that was the point I was going to make as soon as you finished your thing. Right. Was thinking about like sort of law enforcement is there after the law is broken. Is there a way to steer behavior before lawbreaking occurs? Like, hey, listen, man, I, I see the path you're on and uh, right. pump the brakes a bit there, kid. Like, Well, that- well I think now they're trying to pass that, that the training police officers get is not enough training. Yeah, I that, get that, it. That they, 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 need, they need more training consistently There's, all the time. You know, It's a difficult job. I mean, a friend of mine is I, I, I'm sorry, it just came back. It just no. came back. Oh, the good. two things that picked up is, Go. one, prevention. Yes. Two, when there's an emergency, like you talked about in your TED Talk, yes. which I strongly recommend everybody to watch and I yes. will discuss, when there's an emergency and people scream and, 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 and are acting out, you're the calm center. You Well, not only that, you need to be control center. Right. So, for example, when the typical situation, somebody's having a heart attack and somebody will scream. Right. Somebody call nine one one. Yes. 
people have to understand that means nothing. Right. Because everybody's assuming that Someone somebody else, else is, is calling that one. Right. So what, what I learned in my first day of training yeah. and, and from there on out is you need to point at somebody. Yeah. And you say, with the red you, shirt. Yes. Exactly. With the red shirt, with yep. the stupid glasses, call <laughs> 911. Right. Because that's what's going to save that people's lives. The of responsibility. Yep. Absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I didn't tell you the story, but I was at a I was at a birthday party at an Armenian you know Armenian birthday party, mm. and everybody was messed up. And mm. Armenians are very proudful and blah yeah, blah yeah, blah, yeah, blah yeah, yeah. And very cool and everything's oh, yeah. great. And what ended up happening is an older lady. Mm. She was probably over seventy. Mm. She gets up and she's choking. Oh. These guys, like I still get goosebumps about it. These guys, like from like, yeah, we're confident, confident. They fucking turned into little kids. Oh my they God. Had no, everybody was running around. Oh. Everybody was running outside. I went, ran up to her, you know, did the little knuckle yeah, yeah, to yeah. the belly button, grabbed her, picked her up, yeah, up, yeah, up, yeah. up, 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 it popped out. Nice. And I saved her life. They, nice. gave, me a, they gave me like unlimited tequila for like a year. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. This happened many years back. But but the thing was, it's it's just getting that information right. of what you were promoting. Yeah, 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 for sure. On your TED talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the idea is kind of evangelizing that to a larger audience and encouraging the the basic ideas that the CPR first aid it's a it's four hours to get skills that will help you handle the statistically most common ways in which the human body can break. You don't have to change your career. You have to go to like medical school, dental school, nursing school, whatnot. It's six hours of your life. Right, and that um, it's it's something that if especially it happens, if you're going to be a parent, yes. I mean, if you're going to be a human, yeah, just in general, in right? General, if there's anyone you are, in your life you that you would be kind of bummed out if they were not around, <laughs> if the answer is no, then okay, fine, I guess don't take a class. But if any, if the answer is yes, then yes, please, it, just be a it be to your selfish advantage to do so. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely, especially with children, because that's oh, one yeah. of the first things that they teach you is how, oh, to, yeah. how to deal with CPR or oh, choking yeah. or any issues and how to, it, it gives you peace of mind. Yeah. And I think most people slip away because the people around them, you know, didn't know how to react yeah. and they kind of ran away from the situation. But just that they were relying on something that has an inherent flawed rate. I mean, and the worst part, I think for me, and part of the mission of the foundation is disaster preparedness, that Emergency services works when about 1% of the population needs it. If there was an earthquake and literally 30% of a county needs medical care, there's a lot of people that are going to get nothing for hours. Right. Like that forever. Like that's that's the thing. It's that you and were, something that big as even days. Exactly, right? People I mean, that's, are dying. That's, that's the reality is that it's hand, it can barely handle if just 0.1% of you get sick and need like a full ambulance and whatnot. If you if there's three spots and there's two ambulances, guess what? That third person, I don't care how severe you are, we're tied up. Well, we're to, done. To bring it up right now. Yeah. I mean, hospitals are already at 90% capacity. Right. If there's an issue right now yeah. and today, what's yeah. today's date? It's uh, the, 11th the 11th of December, 2020. Yeah. And this is going to exist like this for the next two yeah. or three years. Yeah. You know that that's a problem. Yeah, that's so a that's, problem, and people don't know how to, to react to that. So that's the thing: is the, the increasing amount of reliance, self reliance, uh, and resilience is something that I've been a big, passionate advocate of. So that's that's I think the one thing I want to kind of really drive home to the audience in terms of things. Think about like how much in your own home, if the power and the electricity were out, how long could you survive? And yeah. if you if the answer is I haven't even thought about it, we'll think it through. How have extra gallons of water at home, have dry food, 
you know, what if your fridge was unplugged? How much do you, how much can you sustain yourself if you right. had to just with, if you had the shelter in place? You, you know what I did with the whole little, everybody flipping out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I loaded up on almond milk. Nice. that has like a two, Massive three shelf, shelf life. life yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And protein shake, way, way protein <laughs> shakes and stuff. I was like, fuck it. You know? <laughs> I mean, Not the healthiest calories, but okay. But it's still, still calories know, that hey, didn't store forever. I'll survive and I get, get bigger and nah, I get, it, up I get it. that don't have, you know. I get it. Anyways. I get it. That's good stuff. Well, it's perfect. We did an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, we did. Nice. Yeah. So, and Love we to. got a good message out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to pick your brain on COVID, but, yeah. you know, just uh, sure. we'll do another episode. Yeah, another COVID episode. Absolutely fine. That'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Glad to be here. This was a lot of fun. I didn't know what to expect. We kind of meandered on a few fun topics, and uh, we'll be happy to have it to be continued on this. We'll do it to be continued. And like I said, I just got the the portable. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We can do it somewhere version, else, yeah, so we absolutely. can do a ride to. These like, are really nice mics. So I don't know if you can fit this into a bag. Oh yeah, yeah I'll put them in a bag. Oh nice. I, I got it. It's just this part. Oh. I, I, we'll figure it out. All right. Depending on what we're riding. It's so nice. Hi. Hey. Thank you so much. Tremendous pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Until next time. Until next time.